occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 59. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on this chilly January day. Every day in January is a chilly day, unless you're not in England. Yeah, well, I don't know, like... France is still cold, isn't it? Okay, well, let us know if it's cold where you are. Don't. I, I'm sick of asking for weather updates from di- different parts of the world. I find it quite interesting. What are you talking about today, Kate? This week, I'm going to be telling you about Rupkund, otherwise known as Mystery Lake, or even better, Skeleton Lake. Like Swan Lake, but way creepier. No, nothing like the ballet. Oh, I'm talking about Black Death Island. I wonder what happened there. Something spooky. I guess you'll find out. But first, the news. So this is actually a piece of news that our lovely listener Jackie sent us over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Jackie. I also had a look on nypost.com to get all of the the nitty gritty details. The goss, if you will. Basically, Bigfoot needs to run and hide. Because Oklahoma Representative Justin Humphrey has introduced a bill that would make a Bigfoot hunting season in the state. That's not very nice. No, it's not. He's not doing anything, she, they. (laughs) He thinks it could be a way to make some quick cash because he's adamant that hunters will pay for a state license to hunt Bigfoot. Luckily, though, poor old Pathy won't be killed. The license would only be for the trapping and subsequent release of a Bigfoot. Oh, okay, that's fine then. I would rather people just didn't do that. But, I mean, do what you want as long as you don't kill Pathy because... She's so old. She's old as balls. It would be be a real shame. Uh, He's proposing a bounty of $25,000 if he can secure it. If he can get Bigfoot or if he can... No, if he can secure the funding. Oh, I was going to say, I'm going to get Bigfoot. (laughs) No, no. Apparently locals aren't too happy with it because those that don't believe in Bigfoot are wondering why he's crazy enough to create this entire thing with no scientific guidance. I mean, that's fair enough. That's really funny that he's doing that. And those who do are pretty upset that people might hunt Patty and and Co, I guess, because she's not the only one. Oh. Also, the last time Patty was seen, it was nowhere near this. I was thinking that. Wasn't it in, like, Washington or something? Arizona? Maybe. I don't know geography. I don't... Yeah, no, I mean... It wasn't there, is is our point. So good luck if it gets passed, which hopefully it won't. But what if it does? What if we get proof that Bigfoot is real? Then I guess I'll be happy, but like, from a hunter, you know what I mean? I like the mystery. I'd rather someone just stumbled upon it and was like, oh, here she is, finally ready to come out to the world. Like in The Missing Link, when Susan is like, hey, it's me. And everyone's just like, cool, yeah, that's great, thanks. If you haven't seen The Missing Link, honestly, you should. Because, first of all, it's adorable. And second of all, it's so funny. I was crying. It's it's a good movie. Okay, anyways. Let's talk about some scary things now. Stop moving your hands around or you're going to punch the mic again. Sorry, I'll get far too excited. <laughs> okay, so today I'm talking about a strange, spooky, and allegedly haunted place. And that is... Black Death Island, Ooh. also known as the Plague Island or Povilia, 
sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, it's Italian, which is its actual name. Bit of warning here, it's going to be about the bubonic plague, some gross scary stuff involving death, medical tests and mass graves. So if that makes you uncomfortable, then maybe skip ahead. Or if you're having dinner, then also maybe skip ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe just pause it. Um, I'm sure there are other podcasts out there for you for dinner time. It's this one, it's just a bit later on. Just listen to the beginning and then the middle bit. Yeah, put it on repeat. The bit that you've already heard about Patty, just put that on repeat. So my sources are bluebulbprojects.com, dkfindout.com, which is actually a website for kids, you know, when you just kind of want like the bullet points because you don't need all of like mm-hmm. everything information. Talkspace.com, vintagenews.com, all that's interesting, luxadventuretraveler.com and Atlas Obscura. I love that you and I don't add google.translate.com. Because both of us use it. I don't want to like admit that. All the time. We both always use it. And then we're like, sorry if it's not even that, that's the way you pronounce it. But like, I don't know. I'm just under-researched. And we're both sat there listening to it be like, Povilia. Yeah, I I copy any word I don't know how to say, whether it's English or not. I copy it, put it in translate, play it in the English pronunciation and the national language pronunciation. Uh Listen to it a bunch and then write it down the way that it sounds. But then when it comes to reading it later, I'm like, is how is that? You yeah, know? definitely. Like I didn't, I don't enunciate it enough when I'm writing it, and then I come to say it, and then somehow I mess it up. So I'm sorry, but we do really try. Oh yeah, I'm gonna absolutely botch everything in mine. Don't worry. So this island is tiny, and it's located less than half a mile away from Venice. The locals do not visit this island. They would never, even if they could. And the fishermen won't fish in the area surrounding it in case they accidentally fish up a human bone. Wow. It's considered by some to be the most haunted place in the world, or the most haunted island in the world, which is a pretty big statement. And that's because during the Black Death, it began to serve as a quarantine island. So the Black Death, which, as I'm sure many of you know, is a deadly plague that spread through Europe in the Middle Ages, this is what I used that kid's website for because I was like, I just need like the symptoms of the Black Death <laughs> because it's not like my main focus. Fair enough. It was on the fleas, on the rats. Yeah, well, we know this. The plague was extremely deadly. Many people died within like 12 hours of getting it. It was pretty crazy. And obviously medicine wasn't very well developed at this point. So there was very little anyone could really do. It also meant that the plague continued to return even after its initial breakout which was in the 1300s, I believe. Fun fact, well, not fun, but one of the treatments for the Black Death was to rub a live frog all over the sufferer. Um, The belly of a live frog. The belly. I was wondering if it was like a particular, like you've got like a foot caressing your entire body. No, it was the belly of the frog. You grab the frog, you rub its belly all over you. The entire body. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I know. That poor frog. Mm, the frog's seen some things. I find old medicine absolutely wild because what was the thought process here? I find it absolutely wild because they were so close to being right on a lot of things. They just didn't know the science behind it. Yeah, right? That's crazy. They were just like, oh my God, when you rub a frog belly across you, it cures you. Like, I do not think it was the frog that was magical. I'm not even sure if that one worked, but it's an example. But really, it'll be like the frog's adrenal gland secretes this one hormone that can you know what I mean and I'm like how how did you get that I love it I would love to do like a mini set on it I think it's very fascinating it's like the plague doctor masks with the stuff in it yeah like I completely get the theory but it's just not quite right you know yeah 
if they if they sort of went with that a bit further. But I mean, they looked way cooler than the masks that we're wearing now in this current pandemic. So you win some, you lose some. I don't know. You can get some pretty cool masks nowadays. It doesn't have a beak though, does it? No, but it could have the entire script of the B movie on it. Why? Anyways, maybe we'll make it's magic and murder masks. <laughs> we won't be doing that. Maybe though, if we, if this video get, I'm only no, we're not doing it. Yeah, we're not doing Move it. Move on. Anyway, so yeah, rubber frog on you. Will it work? Who knows? Venice was Europe's dominant trading post port. Sorry, during the late Middle Ages, and the officials took advantage of the tiny island to manage its outbreaks. So that was sort of their, their solution to the Black Death. People who'd caught the plague were sent to the island to quarantine, but very little of them were actually able to return from the island to the mainland. Like what we did with Australia and prisoners. I guess, yeah. Just ship them off, then you won't have to deal with them. Done. Yeah, that kind of logic. Also, because obviously then it wouldn't spread, in theory, because everyone who has it is on an island. Fair. Apparently they did this even before the plague broke out, but the conditions for those staying on the island were much better. Symptoms, symptoms such as headaches, chills and vomiting could be hidden, but many people who suffered from the Black Death had visible boils and spots on their body, as well as lumps the size of oranges under their arms. Yeah, I know about that one, the pustules. Yeah, which again, another medical treatment fact. Fun medical facts! Woo, she's really bringing them out today. Another thing they did to try and cure this, this one's pretty gross, is to cut open the orange-sized lump on the body and put butter and onions on it. I knew about them cutting it open and like shoving stuff in there, but and I didn't like realise they were trying to like bake you. They were trying to uh, pull the poison out. Obscure. Mm. Again, Why is it that people think the butter's got this like medicinal quality to it? Because I remember it's like an old wives' tale that if you burn yourself, you should rub butter on it. And you should not do that. Um, just as a side note, because you cook with butter, how would it, it's just going to melt and then it's going to keep the heat in. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess, I, honestly, I can't think of any reasons. The onions one makes a bit more sense. Well, yeah, like if onions were like keeping, because are onions antiseptic? I feel like to an extent. I don't know. They're good for I you. I feel like I put onions and garlic in the same category, but is that because I cook with them? Your mum storms in. She's like, red onions, stop gout. Every time I visit my mum, I think I already mentioned this, <laughs> I visit my mum weekly because she lives alone and she feeds me red onions because they prevent gout, apparently. I love her. She's obsessed with giving me them. She's like, they, they, you will get gout unless you eat these. And I'm like, I don't think I will, but I really respect you. Your mum's a medieval doctor. <laughs> That's just in. She totally is. <laughs> so yeah, the boats would come in originally... Everyone would get quarantined and then they'd get back, sent back to the island. But if anyone on the boat showed symptoms during the Black Death, they'd be put on this small island for 40 days and then it was sort of declared after that whether they were healthy enough to leave or they would just be left to die. Do you have a fun fact about the 40 days? Oh, I can't remember. I, I did like, tell it you this. quarantine. Yeah, it's, it, the word 40 in Italian translates to quarantine, I believe, which is where that originated from. It's not exactly quarantine. It's like, I'm not going to try and guess an Italian Quarantini. word. Quarant Quarantino. That, that's the film Quentin director. Tarantino. <laughs> Those on the mainland who'd been infected were sent to the island against their will, knowing they would likely die here. 
surrounded by other plague victims. And they were taken after showing even the mildest of symptoms. Yeah, so even if someone had a headache, they would immediately just take them to this island because they didn't want to risk the infection spreading. Fair enough. Like, I know it's harsh, but there's very little you could do. However, the fear of getting the plague caused mass paranoia. So a lot of cases, people who didn't have the symptoms at all, or like didn't actually have anything wrong with them, were taken to the island against their will. Oh, so that's rough. That would be very scary. I completely understand that though, because it's like nowadays, whenever I'm like a bit short of breath or something, I'm like, oh my God, I have COVID. So I can totally imagine that, you know what I mean? Well, especially one of the symptoms is just a headache. You're all like you can just get nausea. that from dehydration. Yeah. If you get that and then you're like, oh my God, this is it. And then they're like, okay, we're going to ship you off to this island. If you go to that island, you will die. I mean, imagine how rife headaches and stuff must have been back then. Because you didn't have people like, drink eight cups of water a day. You know what I mean? Have five fruits and veggies a day. That kind of stuff. I imagine a lot of people didn't even have access to that kind of, exactly. that kind of thing. God. Around 500 people died every day on the island, which overwhelmed the corpse carriers so bad that they had no time to take care of the bodies, so mass graves were introduced. People were hired to carry the dead to the mass graves, which they did all day with no break, just to try and stay on top of it. And those who were too sick to move or talk were also taken to the grave because they were going to die anyway. Oh my god. Yeah, that's horrific. They were just sort of put in there because they were like, we don't really have time to wait. You're obviously going to die, so. Oh my god. That's absolutely terrifying. That's awful. Yeah. At one point between 1629 and 1631, there was a seven-month period where 80,000 people died on the island. In total, the island is thought to have 160,000 infected people die on it. And what's even worse is that the island's only 17 acres big. Oh my god. For reference... Buckingham Palace in England is 19 acres big. And the Pentagon, uh, the US Department of Defence, is 34 acres. So this is not a very big place. Not at all. So the island's very small, so everyone was sort of cramped on it, with four people to a bed in some instances. And because of this, it's estimated that around 50% of the soil is made up of human ashes. Oh no. Oh. Another grim fact for you. So Povilia Island remained a plague quarantine site until 1814 when the epidemic ended and Italy had lost a third of its population and the island was next used by Napoleon to store weapons on before it was discovered and then small battles broke out there. So Napoleon had the 12th century church destroyed on the island and he converted the church's bell tower to a lighthouse but it was still kind of a bell tower. After this, the island remained unused for a while, until 1922. Dee, can you guess what happened at this horrific island in 1922? Uh, the next pandemic. A psychiatric hospital was opened Oh, there. God. Patients in the hospital regularly reported seeing the ghosts of plague victims and complained that they couldn't sleep because they could hear the screams of tortured souls. Just shut the island down, man. The claims were obviously ignored because they were patients of a psychiatric hospital complaining about plague ghosts, so no one was going to take this seriously. And as I'm sure you're aware, the treatment for patients in mental hospitals in the early 1900s was not the best. Because not everyone at all. was considered to be insane. 
Yeah. God, it was awful. Yeah, there were considerably less asylums for mentally ill people during this era. It was more sort of hospitals now. It was a bit more humane. Mm -hmm. But the doctors still didn't really understand mental health conditions. And many people experimented to try and relieve patients of their symptoms. So these types of treatment included removing body parts and teeth, shock therapy, coma therapy, and everyone's favorite, lobotomies. Lobotomies are crazy. Um, Before they were done through the eye, a hole was drilled into the side of their head. I've written this. I said lobotomies were introduced in the 1940s as an attempt to damage neural connections in the brain that Mm -hmm. were thought to cause mental illness. And it started through cutting a hole in the skull and injecting ethanol into the brain. Which I think is somehow even worse. Yeah, because they were just sedated. They were like awake, but sedated. And it's like just the just the worst. Yeah. It ended up being a procedure where you'd use sort of a modified ice pig to stab through the eye. It wasn't even modified. And sort of wiggle it about. Yeah, it was just an, an ice pick and a hammer. And that was it. Yeah. An American neurosurgeon, uh, Walter Freeman, he would travel around the country doing multiple lobotomies a day. And people considered this to be a super effective miracle procedure. Mm -hmm. But obviously, after this procedure, many, many people couldn't function the way they did before. And they would lose parts of their personality and independence. Do you have anything else you want to add on that? Since you seem to know a lot about this kind of treatment. (laughs) Psychology represent. Um... Yeah, it's the same with shock therapy as well. Um, The whole thing was just kind of to like rewire the brain. And they had like the right kind of idea with lobotomy because your prefrontal cortex or like gray matter is what they were tapping into. Um, And a lack of prefrontal cortex can cause like uh, increased aggression or apathy, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But they just it's not precise you don't know what you're tapping to so like if you go slightly too far you can you know get rid of memories or emotions or whatever because it's all just your brain like it's just like it's like drilling into the hole with your eye it, drilling into the wall with your eyes shut you know what i mean yeah like you are just it's not going to be accurate not at all no. no but it's the same as like all old science you know it's had a tart in the right place but lobotomies freak me out a lot well they're crazy because afterwards you're just kind of there but you're not there yeah and the fact that they did this on so many people as well oh yeah it was like the miracle cure it was like finally and it was used for so many things it was used for um like hallucinations delusions stuff like that but it was also used as a cure for for gays um which is awful in general but you know it was used for for everything um as just kind of this wow it works you know but like it it doesn't yeah like a one fixes all it kind of thing in the way that they they see it exactly so yeah that's that's my hot take and also shock therapy is the worst as well and that's you can carry on now i don't mind if you want to talk a bit more about it we learn about it so much in psychology. Like I learn about it in GCSE, A level, and uni because it's just inhumane, <laughs> really. Um, and shock therapy, for those that don't know, is basically like um, 
a patient would be laying down and they would be restrained on like their arms and their feet and they would have like probably a wooden block to bite on um and then they would have i think they're just electrodes put on their temples and they would be electrocuted um and it would fix in inverted commas again everything it was just used as like a miracle cure um except obviously literally frying a person's brain is not good for them probably not yeah and i think the worst thing is it was recurring whereas like a lobotomy is done once you know what i mean yeah that's true but yeah well over on pavilia island the doctor at the mental hospital uh, decided to try and find a cure for insanity by performing numerous experiments on his patients including lobotomies but he did this with different types of equipment, such as nails and hand drills. And he also did this without any type of sanitization or anesthetic. Don't DIY. Don't. Don't DIY. Apparently, he saved his darkest procedures for special patients, and he performed these in the old bell tower. And nurses says that the doctor was so cruel and careless, that, you know, in general, and eventually they witnessed him fall from the bell tower to his death. Good. And the hospital closed shortly after this in 1968. Some say that he was driven mad by his patients and committed suicide. Others think that he was pushed from the tower by the patient that was in there with him. Some people think that he was having visions of ghosts throughout his time at the hospital. And a ghost may have pushed him. And the hospital was closed, as I said. But if you were to visit, you would find old machines and furniture from the hospital, as well as the sign for it. There's a few photos online. It does have some creepy looking stuff in it. Screw that guy. Hot takes from Kate. <laughs> it's currently forbidden to visit this island. It's very illegal, but some people do obviously sneak onto it. And for that reason, there are a lot of images in and around the hospital and the island, should you want to search those up, because they're very interesting and creepy, and I can't include them all on social media, obviously. Are you including any? There will be a few pictures up at Mids Magic Pod, yes. Apparently the energy there is extremely negative, as I would imagine, and it's a horrible place to visit, and it's thought to be haunted by both plague victims and tortured psychiatric patients, which is just a mixed bag really, isn't it? This seems like the worst. The only worst thing that could have been on that island is a children's orphanage. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> then you'd have, like, all three. Oh yeah, the the trio. You're doomed if you visit there. Visitors to the island report being scratched, pushed, and watched by invisible forces, and most psychics and paranormal investigators just simply refuse to return. Fair enough. And the island was sold a few times to private owners after the hospital closed down, but they couldn't bear to spend any time on the island due to the heavy atmosphere and strange noises. So it's currently owned by the government, I believe. Apparently, one owner bought the island to buy a holiday home, and once the family spent the night there, their daughter's face was horribly attacked by an angry spirit. Oh my god. So, would you visit the island? No. You wouldn't? No. Not even to have a little look? No thanks. I'll have a look at the photos online. Which part of it freaks you out the most? Yes. Alright, you want to do the scare scale? <laughs> yeah, sure. How scary is Black Death Island? Five. Right? That's awful. It's just awful. Everything went wrong there. Yeah. It's just the... Uh, it's the epitome of scary places. It reminds me of like the plot from uh, like a bad horror movie. 
Where they where you're just like that wouldn't happen. Yeah, right. Except it did happen. On <laughs> yeah, everything happened. Yeah, how dangerous? I'm gonna say a four. Okay, because it seems quite dangerous. Like if people are being scratched and you know disfigured, attacked, scary. Um, there's been no reports of someone dying from going though, so I'm I'm reserving the five for that. What's the likelihood that it's haunted? Oh, five. Yeah, a lot of lot of tortured souls over there. Yeah. Just don't go. You got any ideas? Well, I mean, there's... I Don't go. Don't go. Yeah, that's my one and only idea slash piece of advice. That feels like a solid idea slash piece of advice. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, you got anything else to add to that? Um, Just horrific. Nice. I will definitely write those things down. Good. Oh, forgot them immediately. <laughs> if you like the podcast, please go check it out on social media at Myths Magic Pod. We do put up the photos on there. And on Instagram, we put up a bunch of really fun and exciting, engaging things. And we try to remember to do that on Facebook and Twitter, but we we do, I think. A we do. Job. Yeah, because we have help from Megan. Yes, thank you, Megan, <laughs> for <laughs> kicking me in the ass when I forget to post. <laughs> You can also subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mythsmagicmurder if you would like and help us out. Over on the Patreon, we don't have any tiers anymore, so you can just pledge as much or as little as you would like. It really, really helps us out. Over on the Patreon, you can get some really cool stuff. We do little sort of extra stuff when we have sort of extra things to say. I did a psychology thing on there. Abby will be doing something soon. Keep your eyes open. We got some video content recently. We did get video content recently and we will continue to be doing video content on there once a month-ish, I think. About that, yeah. And we've got sort of behind the scenes photos, just little things. You'll know what the episode is before everyone else. Sort of like a really, like a fun club. Yeah, it's like a little community on there. It's definitely getting better. All the money goes towards literally running the show so everyone who already supports us thank you so much because you are the reason that we're able to do this in the first place so thank you and if you have any haunted happenings terrifying tales or spooky stories you can dm us on the social medias that abby said or you can email those to us on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com yes go check out our website also abby redid all of that yeah and you can grab some merch over there as well if you want to at mythsmagicandmurder.com 10% off patrons. Ooh. Okay, so let's get into this thoroughly spooky lake. Well, not get in to. I'm going to get in it. Good God, don't get in the I lake. I can't swim. My sources are Wikipedia, nationalgeographic.com, bbc.co.uk, historicmysteries.com, indiatoday.in, and atlasobscura.com. We both used Atlas Obscura. Mm, obscure. I was going to say that's obscura. <laughs> We've got the same stupid jokes. <laughs> so Rubkund is a glacial lake in the Himalayas. It's located in the Uttarakhand state of India. That's in the north for those that are as bad as ge at geography as I am. If you're really bad at geography though, then India looks like a phantom version of Big Bird letting go of a baby octopus. And Uttarakhand is Big Bird's right trap muscle. This is the worst thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> so that will be on our social medias. And I can't tell whether it's offensive or not. It's not. It's not. I promise. It 100% looks like that. Tell me I'm wrong.
I don't I don't think so, no. I would say I'm not wrong. the shape of India is kind of like a chicken nugget. Well, chicken nuggets can be any shape. That's true. <laughs> that is true. You got me there. Uttarakhand is sometimes known as the land of the gods because it is huge on pilgrimage centers, like there's loads of them, and different Hindu temples sort of nestled amongst the mountains everywhere. I do see the phantom body now that you've pointed it out. Yeah, I'm not wrong, so go away. Rukund itself, though, is at the bottom of the Trisal Massif, which is a group of three Himalayan mountain peaks, the highest of which is over 7,000 metres, or nearly 23,000 feet. The lake is at 4,500 metres above sea level, and on average is only 2 metres deep, but there are sections where it's 3 metres. It's not huge, is my point. There's no local villages near the lake, so it's pretty secluded. I think the nearest sort of spot is about a four-day trek away. Although that didn't stop Hari Kishan Madwal from stumbling upon it while collecting rare plants while on duty as a game reserve ranger. At first he thought, just another frozen lake, nothing unusual to see here. However, as he got closer, he noticed something was in the ice, because it was frozen. Upon further inspection, he realised that the lake was full of skeletons. That's horrific. Yeah, human skeletons. Ah. Obviously, he let his superiors know, and then the British authorities got involved because they still had the audacity to be keeping up the British Empire, which is awful and shit, and we're really sorry on behalf of Britain for that. So I'm just going to say all of that now, so that you don't think that I'm pro the Empire. So the British were immediately like, oh no... These dead bodies must be Japanese soldiers who have come over to invade India because World War II and take it from us. That's a big jump to conclusion. <laughs> right? How can you say that by just looking at some bodies in a lake? Right? I guess because paranoia. Yeah, war, that's true. You know, But they just died because it's a cold mountain and they weren't prepared. Okay, I guess that makes sense. No official investigation occurred as a result of this discovery, because obviously, busy with the war. But a few bones were taken and analysed, but little information was found because there wasn't enough material to go off of. Because they took, like, a jaw, a rib, a toe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then in the summer of 1955, an official investigation occurred. The lake had melted completely, but the bodies were no longer visible due to the environmental changes in the years it had been left. Eventually, though, even more skeletons were found in there, as well as iron spearheads, leather slippers, rings of different materials, and wooden artefacts. Oh my god, it's ancient. <laughs> what makes you say that? Oh. Wait, when was this? 1955. Yeah, the war. I don't know, I just... My brain just went to excavation. Because <laughs> I said the word artefact. <laughs> Maybe... Maybe my brain is programmed to be like, whoa. I'm not saying old. it's I'm not saying it's not ancient. I'm just saying what made you think that? Well, clearly it's ancient. Coins, did you say? No. <laughs> Sorry. Why do I bother being rings? on this podcast? Abby doesn't listen. <laughs> so around rings? You think rings are ancient? Abby, you wear ten rings well, on the daily. Yeah, and they're ancient. Anyway, all in all, over three hundred people were in the lake. Dead. Skeletons. Oh no. Sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I'm still... <laughs> Shut up. Although the exact number is hard to tell because it's thought that tourists and stuff 
have taken different things from the lake, including skeletons. What the fuck? Why would you want that? As souvenirs or like to sell. I guess to sell would make sense, which still fucked up. But who's like, ooh, tourist. There's no tourist shop around here. I'll just take someone's rib. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't do that. It was pretty insane. Yeah, so some of the things that I read were like, there are 800 skeletons in there. There are 200 skeletons in there. So like, it's between 200 and 800 people. There are a fuck ton in there. Dead in a whole bunch. Dead. That's horrific. The skeletons were taking, taken away for testing, and it was actually found that the Japanese theory was not the case at all. Surprise, surprise. These skeletons had been here for far longer than that. They're ancient. But it couldn't be determined when exactly they were from. Roman. When National Geographic got their hands on about 30 of the skeletons back in 2003, there was still flesh attached to some of the skeletons, which is incredible because they found that the victims were from 800 AD. Okay, so two things here. First of all, that's absolutely amazing preservation. That is just mind-blowing i know also i was right they're ancient <laughs> yes abby you were right you ah, happy ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that was the creepiest thing you've ever done when madwall so the the guy from earlier uh who found the bodies originally he basically described what it was like obviously to go there and find all of this accidentally he said the following The whole place was littered with scores of human bodies. Flesh like inflated rubber was sticking to most of the bodies. Their grinning faces made the scene still more hideous. Our porters were so much terrified at this gruesome sight that they at once took to their heels, thinking they had landed in a ghost land. That's scary. That's awful. Poetic. Grinning faces? Mm. Mm, I'm out of there. The DNA studies showed that the people were of South Asian ancestry and they were all thought to have died in one single event. Their skeletons had head injuries, which according to some sources were caused by round objects from above that led to death. Local legend says that Shiva struck his trident into the ground to make a place where Nanda Devi could drink from. This then created the Trisal Mountains, which literally means trident, and the two lakes. When Nanda Devi was drinking from one lake, she saw her own beauty, so the lake is called Rupkond, meaning reflection lake or beauty lake. Because it's a legend, sometimes the story changes slightly, but that's the gist of it. Anyway, the king of Kanorj and his pregnant wife went on a pilgrimage to Nanda Devi and brought their servants, cooks, dance troupe, that's sick. And more with them for the journey. Well, you need them. What if you are bored and you need to see a dance? What if there's a dance battle? <laughs> they very well might be. However, apparently Nanda's a bit hot and cold with her moods, and the group had broken taboos when going about the pilgrimage. The rules were that m- music, children, the w- women, the elderly, leather, and lower classes weren't allowed to go beyond one which is a place about four days before Rupkond on the trail. Okay. So when the king brought women and children, made the girls dance for him, and his wife gave birth on the holy ground near the lake. Oh, wow. That's a triple whammy there, isn't it? Nanda Devi was pissed. 
Okay, that would make sense. She turned the girls into stone and then summoned a huge hailstorm that killed everyone at the lake. Which would explain, like, the small circular objects from above. I was saying earlier. Okay. That was originally what everyone thought had happened, give or take the gods and goddesses being involved. So, like, just a huge hailstorm that killed people. But then the National Geographic later found out that 23 skeletons were from South Asia, but they died during several events between 7 and 10 AD. Whoa, that's really ancient. Uh Uh-huh. And 14 others died in a single event a thousand years afterwards. None of the skeletons that have been tested were related to each other. And the 14 others that died in around 1800 AD were from the Mediterranean. Oh, interesting. No one knows why this group were even there, or how they died. What the heck? Researchers thought there was a big battle there, maybe that would explain why there are so many skeletons. But there are no weapons, apart from like a couple iron spearheads, but like not enough for a battle. And no signs of combat left on the bodies. It also wasn't illness that killed them, as they appeared to be healthy when they died, ruling out an epidemic. Researchers haven't ruled out the possibility of the pilgrimage and subsequent hailstone death for the group of bodies. However, it still doesn't explain the later deaths. Some people thought that they'd gone to pay homage to the hailstone group and to Nanda, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just on a separate time while on a pilgrimage, pilgrimage, and then they stayed there too long and died too. But scientists at the Heidelberg University that were looking into it just think it's too coincidental and doesn't make any sense. This is because they've seen that when pilgrims turn up at the site, they stop briefly to like show respect and stuff, but then are in quite a rush to keep going because they have a lot further to go. Yeah, fair enough. It's possible that a couple of bodies are from accidents, because the lake's surrounded by quite steep cliffs. However, there aren't that many skeletons that have been analysed that coincide with fall injuries. This is wild. Alternatively, it's possible some pilgrims have used the lake for self-sacrifice. But again, it's doubtful that all sort of hundreds of them died because of this. So there you have it. That's it. That's all you that's all you got? Yeah, that that no one knows. Why there's so many ancient people in those lakes? Just a bunch of dead people all in the same place from different periods of time, and no one knows why. Aliens. Okay, wait, give me a second. I'll do the scare scale. Okay, how scary do you think this is? Five. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Freaky. Well, because I don't know if if this is a danger. (laughs) Do I? Well, just wait for the next question. You're going to be flawed. (laughs) Okay. How dangerous. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Who knows? We don't know. It could possibly be a danger because we don't know why they're in there. But it could also be something else. Okay, so how dangerous? Two and a half. 2.5. What is the likelihood that something weird is going on? Four. Fair. Solid four. Do you have any ideas? No. None. I've given you like five. Okay, it could be the (laughs) hailstorm. But that doesn't make sense for the other people. It does for the first group, but for the second group, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Aliens. Okay. The gods. Mm -hmm. 
But I just don't think I buy all of this. Right? It's just unexplainable. And like, it's not illness because they straight up checked. And it's not a battle because they straight up checked. I What I can't believe as well is that there are people out there who have ancient bones as souvenirs. <laughs> right? Imagine being Get like, a I'll life. take that. And then you find out that you have a bone that's so fucking old. If any of you guys have got these bones, go and put them back. Go and give them to someone reputable. Send a pic first, though. Don't. Don't. I don't want to be an accomplice to this. Yeah, no, me either. Theft. Also, scary. So you got no other ideas. It's just hailstorm, aliens, and gods. No, I don't think it's any of those things, though. <laughs> Thank you for giving me them as ideas. Then. Do you? Do you know? Do you have any other ideas? No. Let us know what you think, people. My mind's blown for this. Yeah, and it's not even like an avalanche because there's no crash injuries. What kind of injuries do they have then? Just the head ones? Like some of them have got, yeah, the the indentations on their head. Maybe they all bonk each other on the head. But in some cases, the head injuries were done after death. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing. No, right? Yeah, no. Me neither. I don't have any ideas. Mind blank. <laughs> no brain in here. No. Empty. Empty. Head empty. And on that note, don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>